0: Hey, it's podcast producer Bobby Richards. And before we jump into today's episode, here is Donald Miller with some exciting news around our upcoming Coach Builder Summit that's happening February 1st and 2nd.
1: It's the ultimate live stream for coaches, consultants, financial advisors, physical trainers, therapists, counselors. I would consider a coach anybody who sells their wisdom. Anybody who sells their knowledge and their you know, their coaching, their ability to help you transform into somebody else based on the knowledge that they have, to me, that's a coach. At the Summit, Amy Porterfield is going to be with us. Will Gadara, who wrote the book Unreasonable Hospitality. you know, Will started 11 Madison Park, became the number one restaurant in the world. He is going to be with us for Coach Boulder Summit and a ton of other celebrities that you're going to love hearing from if any part of you thinks that you could pivot your career into a coaching career you've got to attend the summit that's all we're going to talk about all day long go to coachbuilder.com slash coach summit coachbuilder.com slash coach summit again if you've ever thought about building a coaching business as a side hustle that hopefully will take over your life go to coachbuilder.com slash coach summit and sign up today Yes, life is unfair. It is also incredibly beautiful. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Business Made Simple podcast brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. I am your host, Donald Miller. Today, we're going to talk about conflict. We're going to talk about challenges. We're going to talk about life being unfair. We're going to talk about being attacked by bullies and villains. We're gonna talk about the hard things that you have to deal with, not just as a small business owner, but as a human being. How do you deal with challenges? I am absolutely convinced that the number one reason some people succeed and others don't, even though there's a thousand reasons, the number one reason some people succeed and other people don't is some people have a mentality that prepares them for challenges and other people don't. And today, by the end of today's podcast, you are going to have much, much more of that mentality. And that means when hard things happen, they're not going to take you down like they used to take you down. You won't have that downward spiral where you cry yourself to sleep, or at least you won't cry yourself to sleep two nights in a row about the same thing. We're going to talk about some tactics on how to deal with challenges, which is something that every small business owner needs. If that feels valuable to you, keep listening. You're going to love today's episode of the Business Made Simple podcast.
0: Did you know that HubSpot launched an AI chatbot that helps you build awesome campaigns at scale with just a few prompts? They did. And it's called Campaign Assistant. And it's a totally free-to-use AI tool that will transform the way you build marketing campaigns at scale. And here's the best part. It works seamlessly with all of HubSpot's marketing and sales tools to scale your output across email, social, and more. So AI your way to your most effective campaigns yet at hubspot.com/campaign-assistant.
1: One thing that surprised me after I wrote a book that took off Uh, I wrote a book. Gosh, how old was I? I I think I was like 27 or 28. And I had a book take off. And what surprised me more than anything else was the amount of complexity, drama, and negativity and challenges that entered my life only after success. Now, to be sure, I would take it over the life before that because I could actually pay rent (laughs) once I succeeded. And I was trying to be a writer. I mean, I spent close to 10 years trying to write a good book Wrote a book before I had it published, but it didn't do very well, and it was my second book that took off. So th- there was all sorts of complexity and drama before I had any measure of success. But I thought that, that all of that would go away. I-, I thought that you know if you have have some success, your problems would go away. And of course, that's naive. But you know that's what you are when you're 26 and you want to be a writer you think that everything will go away as soon as you achieve your goals. Since then, I've had to sort of embrace and accept the fact that life has challenges, and I've had to come up with some strategies on how to deal with those. I'm gonna talk to you about different levels or kinds of challenges that human beings experience, but especially people like you. People who own a small business, people who are doing pretty well. Uh, I think if you're listening to this podcast, it means you're putting forth a strong effort to build a business. And so people who put forth strong efforts tend to do well. And if you haven't done well yet, it's coming, I promise, keep working. I wanna talk about three kinds of challenges. The first is the idea that life is not fair. I want to get into that a little bit because the sooner you can accept that, the more those challenges or the less those challenges will take you down if if we just accept that. The next challenge is that life suddenly gets way more complex than it used to be. And that's just a fact. The bigger your business gets, the more complex your life becomes. Uh, the next challenge is really about villains and bullies. And you are going to encounter them. So what do we do about people who aren't fair and they take advantage of you? What do you do about those folks? And then I am going to give you some closing thoughts that I hope are, are very encouraging to you. All right, let's start with the first reality, the first challenge that you're going to encounter. And the reality is you've already encountered it. You encountered it probably right about, I don't know, one minute old. (laughs) That is the fact that life is, in fact, not fair. And I know you've heard this before. I know you've seen people talk about it on Instagram that life is not fair. But my question is, have you really metabolized the idea that life is not fair? Do you agree with it and do you believe it? Do you fully understand it? Because the more we can accept the fact that life is not fair, the less it surprises us and the less that fact has a power over us. Unfairness means that somebody dings your car in a parking lot and they literally lie to the police and they blame you for it. it that's an unfairness. And, but that's what's going to happen. Unfairness is you get diagnosed with a disease that's unfairness. The unfairness, even worse unfairness, is your child gets diagnosed with something. I mean, life is just at its fundamental root unfair. And this is something that I think we need to accept, even though we want to look the other way, because two things happen when we accept it. The first I've already told you about, it doesn't have the power to take you down if it doesn't surprise you. And then the second is we can actually respond. Life should not be unfair. There are things we can do to make it more fair. I'm not saying accept the fact that life is unfair and join in the unfairness of life, or cause more unfairness, or get what you can while you're alive, because everything's trying to everybody's trying to take something from you. There's a, a reality in storytelling and story structure. There's a reality in screenplay writing, and that is the villain of the story and the hero of the story are actually very similar. They're similar in one major way, and that is they both have a similar backstory. The backstory of both the hero and the villain are stories of pain. That's what makes a story actually really interesting, is when you paint the hero as having a backstory of pain. So, And you see this often, the the trick that screenwriters use, is they will make the hero an orphan, some sort of orphan. I want you to just pay attention to this now that you understand it. Watch how many movies start with a hero and they've lost a mom or a dad or their parents don't pay attention to them. You need the hero to be an orphan because it causes the audience to identify with them Many of us are not orphans, but all of us had to leave home at some point. You were out on your own, and so you felt like an orphan, even if you had the best parents in the world. So because you felt that way, screenwriters will make the hero an orphan because you identify with them and you start rooting for them as though they are you. It's a trick. But it's uh, also uh, a really great screenwriting technique because it makes you care about the hero and the hero's journey. The other thing is the hero is usually going to have some sort of painful thing happen to them right there within the first nine minutes of the story. Their house is going to burn down. They're going to lose their job. They're going to, you know, somebody's going to let them know that there's a bomb ticking down. Uh, The love of their life has just run off with their brother. Well, you know, whatever it is. That's what actually launches the story, is something painful happens to the hero. What is very interesting to me, though, is the villain has a similar backstory. They don't usually show the villain as uh, an orphan, but what they do in the villain's backstory is they tell you about or let you know about something that happened to the villain that was unjust. Something very painful happened to the villain. Often, screenwriters will give the villain some sort of lisp. They will give them a scar on their face. They will give them a limp. And what this is, is this is the screenwriter's way of telling you that something happened to the villain that they are angry about. So the only difference between the hero and the villain in terms of their backstory is the way they responded to the fact that life is unjust. The hero takes the injustice of life and actually says, I don't want that happening to me or to anybody else. And so I'm going to fight this. That's the hero's journey, fighting an injustice, fighting some sort of challenge or problem to bring about resolution and closure in their life. The whole story is about the hero who has fallen in love with a woman, and the woman has run off with his jerk brother, and she's throwing away her life because this guy is obviously some sort of horrible human being, and now that's the story, is the good guy trying to save the woman from making a huge mistake and perhaps marry her himself, That's a rom-com right there. That's the story. The brother would then be the villain, right? And the villain is responding to the world by saying, life hurt me and I'm going to hurt it back. I'm going to get mine. Life is unfair, so I am unfair. The hero says life is unfair, so I'm going to work to make it more fair. The villain says life is unfair, so I'm going to use unfair tactics to get whatever I want. Lie, cheat, steal, terrorize, cause pain, whatever that is. That's the difference between a hero and a villain. And so when I say that we need to accept the fact that life is unfair, what I mean is have a heroic response to it. We can't turn our heads from it. We, we can't pretend it isn't unfair. We should expect it to be unfair. And then we should try to do whatever we can about it to actually make it more fair or to bring fairness around. I have realized this even more since becoming a dad. Uh, my daughter is now two years old. She is a beautiful, fun, extremely winsome two-year-old little girl. But I'm doing that thing that so many of you have seen done when she's playing with somebody and they won't share their toy or they take her toy and whatever. You know, she's 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 seeing the fact that life isn't fair You know, part of me wants to go up to the kid and say, give her back her toy. That's not your toy, you know, (laughs) whatever. But what is that doing? It's teaching her a villain response to the unfairness or injustice of life. And in fact, we do what every parent does. You kind of walk over and you say, hey, guys, who would like to take the first turn and who would like to take the second turn? And you teach them to take the unfair instincts that are in a lot of human beings and actually help them evolve into instincts that are just more fair and more kind and more gracious. So, you know, we, we teach these things from the very beginning. One of the things that I want Emmeline to know is that, you know, when life is incredibly painful, as it will be, if she gets into high school and college and goes off on her own, you know, there, there's hard things that just happen to us. But one of the things that I want Emmeline to understand, and hopefully someday she'll actually listen to this podcast when she's old enough to understand it. Is that yes, life is unfair. It is also incredibly beautiful. Incredibly beautiful. I mean, think about the moment where two kids aren't sharing their toys. You have this love for your child and you don't want them to be hurt because you're obsessed. I pray more about my daughter being protected from injustices and evil. I pray more on that subject than I've ever prayed about anything my entire life. If you think about that instinct that parents have, it's beautiful. So let's not think life is only unjust. It is not only unjust. It is, in fact, mostly just and mostly beautiful. One of the mistakes that we can make when we go into villain mindset is that life is only hard and it's only bad and it's only painful. It is not It is also amazing, and people are also incredibly generous. I remember 12, I think, or 13 years ago, I rode my bicycle across America with a group of friends, and we started in Los Angeles, we went all the way to Delaware, and I remember thinking I had no idea how kind and generous this country was, the whole thing, everywhere we went every place we stopped, every gas station we went in to buy water, people were unbelievably kind. They heard why we were riding across the country. We were drilling wells in sub-Saharan Africa. They gave us money. It was just astounding, and I want Emmeline to understand that, that occasionally you are going to encounter an injustice, and I want her to be equipped in how to deal with that. And How do you deal with it? A hero encounters injustice They do what they can about it so that they don't have to experience that, and nobody else has to experience that. But it doesn't kill the injustice. It keeps coming back. There is something that's broken about the world that we live in, and uh, we can do what we can to put a bandage over the wound. But we, we shouldn't let it take us down, and we definitely shouldn't retaliate against the world. That is what makes us villains. And by the way, what happens to heroes? At the end of the story, the hero's story resolves, and uh, the hero is respected and admired and transforms into a better version of themselves. In a good story, that's what happens. In a good story, the villain is either killed or justice is brought upon them. And by the way, I've had some villains in my life, and I pray for justice. I do. I pray, God, just do justice here if you will, because I don't want to try to make it happen myself and become a villain. I don't want to be filled with vengeance or anger, but just do justice. And that's a a very comforting, by the way, very helpful prayer if you're dealing with a villain, which we'll talk about later. The second issue that I want to talk about that all small business owners and all human beings have to deal with if they begin to build something or if they begin to succeed, and that is complexity. Your life is just going to get so much more complex. In fact, I often ask people when when they say they want to scale up their business, you know, they're at $200,000 and they want to go to $2 million. Usually, if we're having a good, thoughtful conversation, I will say, how complex do you want your life to be? Do you have hobbies? Do you like playing golf? Uh, how much time do you get with your kids? Because all of that is going to be threatened if you try to take it much past 2 $3, 4000000 you You're going to be working so hard to make the money that you thought would set you free, but the truth is... Uh, When you own a company that makes millions of dollars, that company also owns you. Somebody said that to me years ago, whatever you buy also owns a piece of you. We discovered that building our home. We put an event space behind the home and a guest house. We now run a bed and breakfast for free. Uh, it owns us and we can't really leave. You know, you can't really walk away from it or sell it. And I never calculated that. Now, we happen to love it because we love meeting all the people and seeing all the people. But, it, you know, it does own a piece of you as well. And we will not buy any other homes. I promise you that no matter how rich I get because, uh, you know, we've got enough on our plate. And I realize I, I have just set a problem that is just incredibly luxurious to have but many of you are going to be making those decisions pretty soon. And I want you to know you can control to some degree the complexity that enters your life, but you really only do that by throttling back the success. And so you want to know what's your number? What do I need? And am I happy with this? And I would encourage you, you know, unless you are so driven that you just have to do it, dial back the complexity by dialing back some of the success. So what do I mean by complexity? I mean, uh, if you have a team, you've got more people more paychecks to actually have to fill. You know, something might happen between your team members that you need to step into. All sorts of stuff in relation to that complexity in terms of money and managing money. And you know, you're going to figure out really quick that taxes are unbelievably unfair. And uh, you're going to have to deal with all of that stuff. There's complexity uh, related to that. There may be complexity between you and your spouse. Issues that you argue about that you didn't used to argue about because you have to make those decisions. And the decisions actually come on you. There's complexity in decision making. It just gets harder and harder and harder. And the good thing about that, and let me try to redeem this for you, is because you have more complexity in your life and because you have to make these very difficult decisions and because there are more people who are looking to you for leadership, you are becoming a much, much better human being. I mean, you really are. You you used to sort of like sit and watch TV a lot, and now you're reading books to try to find some wisdom on how to solve problems. You have essentially jumped into the deep end of the pool, and you're going to figure out how to swim, or else you're going to drown. We have a saying around here, swim out past the breakers. And what that means is, I don't want your toes touching ground very often. I want you to be slightly uncomfortable with what we've handed you, because if you're slightly uncomfortable with what we've handed you, you are growing. So the upside of complexity is it does actually make you a more wise, solid, stable human being. But just like going to the gym and working out, it hurts. It just hurts. And so when you encounter the complexity of life, just know it is making you stronger. Here's some things that will help you with complexity. The first is learn to say no. Every single day, somebody needs something from me or, or would like something from me, or there's an opportunity that I would absolutely love to say yes to. But saying yes to getting coffee for an hour means saying no to my family for an hour. There's no more free time. So giving you that hour means I'm taking it away from my two-year-old daughter. So it's very hard for me to say no because I want people to like me and I want to help them just like everybody else. But you have to learn to say no. That is going to decrease the amount of complexity that exists in your life. Another thing and I actually learned this from Michael Hyatt who is a friend and somebody I think is really brilliant. He has that Full Focus Planner that is so awesome. I went to one of his workshops and he he taught all of us in the workshop how to create our perfect week. So you literally just take a week on a calendar and you say okay, this is what I'm going to be doing on Sundays, on Mondays, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I still I did that exercise maybe 4 years ago and I still use that perfect week exercise. My assistant and I try to figure out how to get to that perfect week as well as we can, meaning I write in the mornings, Monday is all podcast day. If you look at my schedule on Saturday and Sunday, there is nothing related to work on Saturday and Sunday. It is all family time, or I go to an NSC soccer game here in Nashville. Those are the only things I do pretty much on weekends. But learning to say no and figuring out your perfect week and trying as hard as you can to have that perfect week. You know, in the perfect week is basically all the work stuff you have to do organized in such a way that you can do it in one week and still have margin.
0: The Gold Digger Podcast, hosted by Jenna Kutcher, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Here at Business Made Simple, we are team Jenna all the way. We love her show and we love how it helps you discover your dream career through productivity tips, social strategies, business hacks, inspirational stories. I mean, there's so much that show delivers each week. In a recent episode you should go check out titled, If You Want Bigger Results, You Have to Do This, Jenna Gets Real talking about how when you're aiming for a goal, you're only going to hit it if you have an informed plan. She also talks about how to get that plan from consistently looking at what is and isn't working. Then on top of all that, she breaks down what she measures when creating a plan, why she measures it, and then how you can immediately start doing the same thing and measuring your results. Go listen to Gold Digger wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to the
1: show. Next, the third and final area, and there are many areas where we're challenged, but I think these are the big three, the fact that life is unfair, complexity and villains. You are going to deal with human beings who are not fair and arguably not good. And and I I don't like saying that because I don't want to say that there are people in the world who aren't good. The truth is the mentality that they have or the wounds that they've encountered have made badness enter into them. But I think we're just playing semantics at this point. I think the fact is they are going to hurt you or take advantage of you. And the sooner you can understand and accept the fact that those people exist, and I'm not saying like don't love them or or hate them or go to bed wishing that they were dead, but it's almost like accepting the fact that life is unfair. I want you to accept the fact that there are some people who want to do you harm, and most of the time it's people who want something that you have or people who are sort of addicted to themselves and you have gotten in the way. Villains exist in stories because villains exist in the world. There's a villainous side of you, too. We've all sought vengeance before. We've all been angry. We've all lost our temper. We've all said things that hurt people. We've all been hurt in some way, and our hurt has caused other people hurt. And hopefully we can seek forgiveness for that if we've done anything like that. There are also people who this is how they do life. They don't learn from their mistakes, and they keep coming after people and using them for their own gratification, if you will. You know what I'm talking about. Many of you have dated that person, or you encountered that person, or you've done business with that person, or you're married to that person. You know who that is. My advice to people when there's a villain in their life, it's very telling, but sometimes I'll do this when somebody comes to me and say, they're hurting me so bad, they're hurting me so bad, they did this, they're unfair, can't believe it, can't believe this person. One of the questions that I ask earlier in that conversation is I say, is there any part of this conflict that you can own? Is there anything here that is your fault? And the response to that question lets me know whether or not this conversation is going to continue. And here's what I mean. If they are offended by that and they are mad at me, which I've had this plenty of times, They are angry at me for even suggesting that they did anything wrong. The conversation is essentially over and I will backpedal out of the conversation because a good person, even if they didn't do anything wrong, a good person is going to go, great question. What can I own? What's my part of this? Did I trigger them in some way? Did I offend them or hurt them? They're going to ask that question because it's the easiest part of the equation that you can control. And you can actually go back and maybe there's something small that you need to apologize for. Going back to my two-year-old daughter, this is what we're trying to teach these kids, right? Is here's my part and hopefully the other person will say, here's your part. If I'm dealing with somebody who says, no, I'm offended by that, I am probably dealing with the actual villain in the situation because villains are never wrong. They never apologize. They are perfect, and everybody else always has to be wrong. Of course, we're talking about a high level of narcissism here, but it's true They just don't apologize for any of it and are not guilty of any of it, and everything is everybody else's fault. Sadly, I think folks who are wired this way are hurt themselves, and part of their defense mechanism is, well, if I'm never wrong, I never have to deal with my faults, because I was taught that if I have faults, I'll be abandoned, or I was taught if I have faults, I'm going to be punished, or I taught if I have faults, somebody's going to hurt me. You know, it's very tender, and it's an understandable way to form a personality, but it doesn't matter if a dog is biting kids in the neighborhood. You know, I don't know if it does very good for the neighborhood to come together and say, "Well, let's try to understand where this dog comes from." <laughs> you no, know? we need to. No, we need to deal with this situation because this dog's going to hurt people. So I, I want you to understand and have empathy and grace for the person who's hurting you, and I also want you to protect yourself. So let's talk about how to protect yourself. There's a couple tactics that I have learned. There's three, actually, when you're dealing with bullies or villains or highly, highly dangerously narcissistic people. One is to take the hit, literally take the hit and don't try to win. This is extremely difficult and it takes an enormous amount of discipline because the brain is wired to try to resolve conflict. And What you're actually saying is, "This I'm not going to resolve this. I'm just going to take the hit. If you're a football fan or any sort of sports fan, really, football tends to be pretty physical, so you see this a lot more. You know, somebody gets hit, they get hit unfairly, they get hit after the whistle, whatever it is, it will be coached out of you so fast if you stand up and retaliate. I mean, the coach is going to jump down your throat if you can't resolve this conflict and walk away and don't let it phase you and get on with the game. It is an amateur and somebody you don't want on your team who responds to an injustice because we're trying to win a football game here. There is a bigger picture here, and you are causing your entire team to suffer. And you and a bunch of people that you roped into this are going to get thrown out of this game, and they're going to cost us this game. I want you to see life that way. I want you to understand that people are going to say things about you that aren't true. People may sue you. You may end up in court with somebody trying to take your money as a small business owner, that stuff like that is going to happen. And it's not that I want you to say, okay, I'm fine with it. You're not fine with it. Let's be honest, this really, really frustrates you, but you've gotta take the hit and walk away as a strategy for getting further in life. The first strategy is take the hit. The second strategy is there are times when you actually have to stand up and you have to stand up to the bully for yourself or for others. And I like that strategy when somebody else is going to be in pain, when somebody is being abused, when somebody is being sexually abused, you have to take a stand. You have to do something about this the second that you hear about it. I want to be brutally honest with you about what's going to happen when you do that. If this is a true bully, somebody with a narcissistic personality disorder uh, or somebody's high on the narcissism scale, um, you will become their target. If they didn't notice you before, they're going to notice you now. And they are so unbelievably threatened by anybody who doesn't fear them or admire them. They are so unbelievably threatened that they're going to come after you and they're going to try to weaken you. Even though you are doing the right thing, this does not work like the movies, people. It doesn't. This doesn't resolve easily. You don't end up on top getting a trophy. That almost never happens. It's you doing the right thing and suffering for it. I think in the long run, you can feel pretty good about yourself. And in the long run, people will respect you for doing that. But be careful with this. And the only time I would want to stand up to a bully is when they're actually hurting others. Another strategy, I just read an article about this recently. I think it was in The Atlantic. But my wife told me this a long time ago. She knows this strategy really well. It's called gray rock. And what it means is you just become a gray rock to that person. You know, if you're walking down the street, and I say, hey, stop! Close your eyes. Point in the direction where you saw the last gray rock. You won't know where to point because you don't pay any attention to gray rocks. And that's what the gray rock strategy actually means. It means disappear. It means don't stand out, don't differentiate, don't. And what that means is, if you're dealing with a bully, they're going to come to you and they're going to try to trigger you, and you just want to give them like a soft, polite answer that doesn't trigger them in response and lets you just sort of walk away from the situation. And that is, in my opinion, it's part of taking the hit, I think, but it's an actual active strategy. It's actions you are taking. So you respond to the email by saying, hey, thanks so much for your thoughts. I will definitely consider this. Hope you and your family are well. That's gray rock. Gray Rock isn't passive aggressively saying, "I'll consider the idea, even though it's sort of ridiculous." Or you know, you're actually just trying to disappear and get them to not think about you, so that they will go be preoccupied with somebody else. I have always thought this was a cowardly strategy until I dealt with a villain. Until I dealt with somebody who is such a bully, and I realized, oh no, this person—they love the drama and they're gonna suck you into it. And the best thing you can possibly do is go gray rock. Okay, we've covered three areas of challenges and that all small business owners deal with, but truthfully, let's be honest, all human beings deal with them. Life is not fair, life is complex, and life includes villains. Thinking through these facts and these strategies has helped me so very much. There's times when I've woken up at two or three in the morning, and realize that somebody's coming after me and my adrenaline gets going and I'm up and I'm angry and I'm frustrated and I'm up and I'm pacing the living room trying to figure out my strategy. The stuff that I've shared with you, going gray rock, taking the hit, has taught me in that moment to calm down, regulate my breathing, move into the strategy that some of the strategies that I've defined for you here, and get back to sleep. And it took years. It took years for me to learn how to do that. But as you grow your business and as you succeed and as you build your platform, life is going to be more unfair, more complex, and you're going to encounter more villains, guaranteed. And so we have to have strategies in order to get through these things unscathed. Let me just say this also, and this isn't a strategy necessarily for dealing with conflict. Uh, It's a strategy for life. Success tends to come to people who just don't quit. I mean, it, yes, it goes, comes to the smart folks. And yes, there's all sorts of other reasons that we succeed. But I was just watching, there's a great documentary on the Disney Plus uh, streaming app called Industrial Light and Magic, I think it is. It's the story of Industrial Light and Magic and how George Lucas started this firm in order to get the special effects he needed for Star Wars. And of course, they've gone on to do umpteen movies and incre- incredible stuff. But one of the things that George Lucas said was, what I had that nobody else had as a film director is I can't quit. I just don't know how to quit. I just kept going and kept going and kept going and kept going, and nothing, nothing would take me down. And so I made Star Wars, and then I made another Star Wars, and then I made another episode of Star Wars. And I just went on and on and made all these incredible movies. And I thought, that's really it, isn't it? If you just won't quit. And and part of the w- reason that you, now that you've listened to this episode, won't quit When others will is you expect life to be unjust. You expect life to be complex and you expect there to be villains and you have some strategies on how to deal with them so that they don't take you down and you don't lose your hope and you have the fortitude to keep going. If you keep going, most of the time it works out in your favor, probably because you didn't stop. We tend to stop when the chips are down. Don't stop. Keep going, keep going, keep going until it works out in the way that you want it to work out. Don't quit. Hopefully, this episode has been unbelievably helpful for you. I wish when I was 21, if you have a teenage son or daughter, somebody in their 20s, somebody off at college, forward them this episode and say, I want you to listen to this. It was really helpful for me. And anybody that you know who's dealing with anything that I've talked about, just send this to them. I don't care if they're in business or not. Send this to them because this is what I wish I would have heard. And I I know many of you can even add to this. It might even be a good conversation starter for you and your kids to say, Hey, let's talk about so-and-so and and how much that hurt. And what is our strategy? What's our plan on how they won't be able to take you down? Are we going to go gray rock? Are we going to stand up to them? We're going to take the hit and keep going. What are we doing here? Let's figure it out. Dealing with challenges. It's the number one thing that I think differentiates the successful from the unsuccessful is how do you deal with challenges? All right, everybody, at the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action from today's coaching conversation. These are the main takeaways you can immediately implement to strengthen and grow your coaching business. And today's plan of action is this. I want you to write down the number one thing that's bugging you, the number one thing that you're losing sleep about, the number one pain that you are currently experiencing. I want you to write that down on the top of a sheet of paper, and then I want you to write your strategy. What mindset do you need to have? What actions do you need to take or not take? And by the way, going gray rock is action. You are taking action. You are doing things. You're answering emails a certain way. You're putting on a poker face and a straight face when you're interacting with that person. It is action. Don't think it's passive. It's not. It's action. And you say, well, Don, we should confront them. I'm telling you, you're going to become a target and it's going to cost you. So you got to decide what you're going to do there, but what action are you going to take for the thing that is causing you to lose sleep? I hope this episode helps. Okay, everybody. Thanks as always for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we are obsessed, literally obsessed with helping you grow your small business and (laughs) encounter conflict and get through it unscathed, which is a big
0: part of growing a business. See you next week. Do you have a question around what's keeping you up at night when it comes to growing your business? Just go to businessmadesimple.com slash podcast and submit that question for a chance to have Don coach through it right here on the show. So submit your question at businessmadesimple.com slash podcast.